You guys may not know this, but I had a podcast in the past, and it was a fun thing to do, but it was a challenge to get my podcast to all the locations where everybody listened to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the such were just a lot of work to manage to get everything where it needed to be. Now, though, I found Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors too so that you can get paid to podcast. How awesome is that? Honestly, I'm really happy to find Anchor again because I love podcasting. I love talking about what I do and sharing with you all the things that I like to do as well. So if you're interested in starting a podcast like I am, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start and join today for your free podcast and become part of the community. I can't wait to hear what you put out on anchor.fm slash start. everybody, welcome back to Elevated Office. My name is Eric McGrew. I'm the host and producer of the show, as well as the owner of Eric's Tree Service in Montrose, Colorado. You can find me on Instagram at Eric underscore McGrew, M-C-G-R-E-W. And this show is brought to you this week by our ongoing sponsors, which I'm really grateful to have, which is GapArborSupply.com and WeaverArborist.com as well. So getting into the show this week, I'm going to talk about something that's um, pretty near and dear to my heart currently and something that I think we really need to talk about. Um, you occasionally see different uh stories about this online and seems like the past couple of months I've seen a number so it kind of brought it even more to the forefront because it's not just affecting me but it's affecting many of you guys and your colleagues in the industry as well. So what are we talking about today? Well today we are talking specifically about injuries to ourselves and so let's classify this and clarify this a little bit we're not going to talk about like minor injuries we we get minor injuries all the time um it's kind of part of being you know physical work uh we we understand that that happens and we're not going to uh, really consider that and we're not even going to talk about like you know moderately minor injuries um i don't know how to really term it but like broken fingers and and small things like that or you know jammed fingers and and chainsaw cuts on on your arm or something that just got stitched up that's not what we're talking about today today we're talking about like significantly life impacting situations okay um so to, to kind of give perspective to this recently on Facebook, on one of the groups that I um, am part of and I follow a lot, uh, a climber was talking about how he had one of his old school hitches. I don't remember which one exactly, but he had a hitch roll out on him while he was descending and he fell and now he had to have back surgery and it's put his family in a, a challenging situation because he's been out of work while he was 
getting through all the doctor stuff and of course now he's got doctor bills and he's got to recoup for a number of weeks and so now we're talking about a significant amount of weeks that he's been without work and now he's trying to get rehabilitated to get back to work right so the question there there it gets really complicated right um so just a very brief uh history for me that that makes it relatable and and so I can speak of certain aspects and and I don't claim to know it all by any means and everybody's situation is very different but both of my parents have been disabled for a while due to accidents my dad was disabled in a um, work-related accident and my mom was disabled in a vehicle accident and I have seen the frustrations that go with neck and back injuries for instance um you know equating i don't know eight to eleven somewhere between eight and eleven surgeries for my dad most of them being somewhere between eight hours and eleven hours long um something like that and my mom has had a few surgeries for her back and and things so the amount of frustration that comes with dealing with doctors, getting appointments set up, the rehabilitation period, um, the cost, you know, all these things is significant. And I, my dad was injured when I was like 10. So I grew up seeing how this affects families. So it's, it's significant, right? Well, recently, about six weeks ago, I was riding my dirt bike and um, I had an accident and it messed up my left shoulder. The preliminary consensus was that it might have been a rotator cuff issue. And um, I had an MRI you know, planned and then something came up and I canceled the MRI to reschedule it later. And then last week I had the MRI done. Well, last week as of the show being recorded. And at that time, you know, still with the idea that the muscle and tissue fibers were the issue, I I had the MRI done. Um, I just got information back from the doctor that looked at the MRI, and it turns out that I don't have rotator cuff issues, but... I instead have something that I cannot pronounce. Let me see if I can pronounce this for you. It is a greater tuberosity fracture. So there's evidently two different kinds of these fractures. um, Or, you know, basically two different consensus that categorize it. One is a non-dislocated fracture or break and one that is dislocated mine is non-dislocated which is good doesn't look like mine is a full break looks like mine is a severe or significant i don't want to say severe significant fracture though um there's swelling in the uh bone marrow and things trying to make it you know heal properly and things like that um However, like the first week that it occurred, I couldn't lift my arm. Um, I could lift it about waist height, my hand, like, you know, just between my, uh, like, abdomen high, maybe, between my pec and my hip, and that was all I could do with it. 
and now it's six weeks and I have full range of motion, but I have been forcing my arm slowly to, to have range of motion again. So essentially I've been doing physical therapy on my own. Um, significantly enough with this, seemingly most people that have even a fracture in this area. So if you don't know what that is, you should really go look it up. Um, it's a common fracture for people who are active in life and, and do active sports, mountain biking, even hiking and stuff, um, skating, skiing, uh, snowboarding, because what happens is if you land on your elbow, it sends an impact up into your your um, shoulder area and it's either going to be your shoulder tissues and muscle muscles or your arm that are going to fracture and in this case I was trying to not hit a a boy that was on his dirt bike as I came over a the krill the crest of a hill and um, while I was still completely holding on to the handlebars I ran my left elbow straight into the ground and it sent the impact straight up to my shoulder. So um, this, where it fractured, is where the tendons attach to the arm, bo- the arm bone, right, the humerus. And it's like that dog bone little area that fractures and sometimes shears off. And then if that happens, it's called a dislocated um fracture and then they have to go in with plate and pin and do surgery and you usually end up losing significant well it depends on the person but you can lose a fairly significant range of motion in your arm mine I did not lose significant um, range of motion even now I can definitely move in most of the normal places but it does sound slightly gravelly and therefore, that's what they sent me to the MRI for. They were afraid that I had damaged the, the cartilage and things in my shoulder. So, why is this all significant to us as arborists and climbing arborists? Well, everything we do for our job, clearly, is physical. So, any major injury that we have can affect very significantly our work performance or our livelihood to, to just be quite direct and, and frank. This is significant for us because most of us being arborists are active people outside of our work. Um, that's why we got into the work, honestly. Uh, it's rare that you find somebody who, it's not that it doesn't happen, it can, but it's rare that you find somebody who's not somewhat active in their recreation life with like sports or, um, you know, being, whether it be like that they, they just do things with power tools outside of work or that they are active in like riding dirt bikes, mountain bikes, hiking, snowboarding, you know, any of those kind of things, um, climbing, whatever, rock climbing, whatnot, recreational climbing outside of work, right? So, What then occurs is we run a greater risk of impacting our livelihood. You you don't just run the risk based on the work we do, which is high enough, but we're multiplying and compounding that risk by everything that our style of life leads us to um, and leads us through. Like I said, mine was a, I was going like 10 miles an hour. I came over the crest of a hill, 
the it was on a two track it wasn't even single track and as i come over the crest the boy had swapped from outside lane to inside lane and i tried to stop i couldn't stop and in time so i swerved left to miss him still hitting his bike which caused me to whiskey throttle a little bit and it sent my elbow straight into the ground and then we have the situation that we have now so let's take it from a scenario that would be common for doctors from what i've read online um, i'm bypassing a lot of this because i'm stubborn and i've just done most stuff on my own but if i had gone in right after this happened most doctors would have said put your arm in a sling and don't use it for 12 weeks like not not use it lightly just do not use it for 12 weeks and then you know four times a day do light therapy 12 weeks is a whole tree season for you know not whole i guess that's about half the tree season but it's the heavy portion of a tree season for me um that's significant for my livelihood especially owning and operating the company um, I'm in an area of Western Colorado where it's not super easy to find uh, climbers. Uh, most people are, are bucket workers only. And, and that's not a hit on people. It's just it doesn't fit with my, my style of operation and the reputation and the quality that I want specifically for for my company um i climbing is a specific sales point for me and and even though i do use buckets from time to time i don't use them daily and i don't have access to them daily so finding someone to to take on that role that i play in the company is a challenge honestly so when i'm out of work um it's a loss it's a significant loss and this year, I have approximately doubled my sales over last year, um, just through predominantly word of mouth advertising, um, people just telling others about me, which is great, and I'm super stoked on that, but it also creates a huge stress um, when you can't fulfill those obligations. Uh, you don't want to, your reputation, if you're someone like me, that's striving to build a high reputation and be more client oriented than customer oriented you don't want to lose that for your business and if you're a contract climber um the challenge there of course is that if they contract a different climber because you're out of work you might have lost the contact that would have been reoccurring work possibly they're just going to go with the other contract climber because i guarantee you, you're not the only good contract climber out there so it becomes a bit of a situation of a snowball effect that's worrisome so the question is what do we do about it right that that is the the significant question that we have and um for whatever reason well mainly because like office workers if they damage their arm or whatever yeah they can work around it um but when you work in an industry that's heavily dependent on our strength and our you know appendages our arms and legs functioning and our back working i mean we use pretty much stay with us we'll be right back 
You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. Every portion of our body. One portion of our, you know, main tool, right? Our body, which is the, the, the most important tool that we have, gets messed up, then we significantly um, increase the difficulty of our family and ourselves to, to maintain. So um, the, the question there, of course, is what do we do about it, right? And that's significant for all of us because I've noticed, um, and this is, includes myself, that we have a tendency not to really maybe store up money or invest in ways that can help us out when we're out of work like many other industries do that plus the fact that many of us don't have um, a company insurance like if we worked for a company now if you work for a big company you might that's fine but a lot of us are independents and so the question there is what are we doing to to make our occasional and potentially, you know, difficult situations easier for ourselves and our families. Because I'm a responsible guy, I try to think about these things ahead of time, and, and I have. I've thought about them from time to time, but the fact of the matter is, is it's easier to think about things than it is to put it into practice. So with this injury, I did start to think, well, what am I going to do? What can I do? And, and so on and so forth. Well, first off, what I realized is that like this injury that I had here, um, probably not much I could have done about it to, to change it other than just like stop living my recreational life. So is that really worth it to me? Um, that that's a personal decision really. Uh, and so I'm not going to go into those kinds of kinds of decisions, but let's take out the dirt bike scenario and let's put into play, uh, a very real scenario that has probably happened to all of us. Um, imagine you're on a long limb walk and you have just undone your lanyard you're getting ready to return back in to your main stem of the tree your tie-in point is at a significant angle it's still above you but it's at a significant angle and um you happen while you're trying to readjust something you happen to slip off or the branch that your lanyard is on because you're out on the edge of the canopy breaks and now you take a huge swing back right um what is your instinct well your instinct most likely is to put your arm out to stop yourself so what if let's say you aren't 
you're trying to be conscious and you take your arm away from trying to stop you but you grab your rope and your elbows jutted out because that's what happens all the times and you run your elbows straight into the trunk of the tree the same injury or one very similar to what i got could happen in that scenario so with that being the case all of a sudden you're still dealt with you're still dealing with a situation where you've broken your arm where your tendons and muscle attaches to your arm bone and now you're left with an immobile arm for a few weeks minimal possibly surgery and you have to figure out what you're going to do about work what preparations have you done right so um as a company owner i have payments on equipment um i, I just bought a new chipper because my other one blew up i bought a stump grinder because i was missing out on a lot of work without it and that is a two-edged sword um, because now I'm trying to make payments on a piece of equipment and I'm injured so I can't do as all the work that I had booked. But the good thing is, is that now I can do an easier form of work because I have the stump grinder while my arm and my body is recouping because I can't climb currently, right? So but you still have payments on that piece of equipment essentially and then you have your you know whatever other payments you might have your rent your whatever so one thing that we're trying to do is um live under the means of income that we have and by that i mean we're trying to take some money and store it up so that we have at least a buffer of two or three months of um, covering our cost in the bank so that when something does occur, hopefully within the three month period, we will be able to um, get back to at least some kind of work. And I mean, my wife has a job, so that helps, but we are trying to have some kind of buffer to pay at least the equipment bills and things like that while I'm out of work if something occurs, because honestly, this probably will not be the last time that this happens. Um, I'd hate to, I'd love to say that I'll never have an accident again. That'd be awesome. But the truth of the matter is, is that it may not and most probably will not be. So there's always that option of saving up some money and that's a really good option. That's the most guaranteed option. I think that you can have, right? Is, is actually having physical money that you've saved up for your bills and things like that. Another option you might want to consider that I've been looking at, um, it's kind of expensive though, is the monthly uh, insurance that you pay for uh, if you're disabled temporarily or if you're sick or you're hurt or anything like that. I mean, some of them like, I wanna say it's Aflac or somebody like that, even offers a insurance that if you have a cold and you're out of work for two weeks, they will pay you the two weeks prorated salary or whatever it is income so there's that consideration to have um of course you can always try and invest money in some kind of investment fund and pull out on that when you have it uh 401k uh, stocks whatever to to try to get that um and then there's always you know looking at what you have around for instance i have a few vehicles that i haven't really used as frequently as i had thought about and you know try to get those sold while you're in you know without a little bit 
Um, and then of course, trying to invest in your business in ways that you can do maybe like pruning where you could just have a, a, a less experienced groundy that you're coaching along and they're doing pruning or whatever. Um, limiting the scope of work that you're capable of doing or willing to do at the moment and doing the jobs that you know reasonably can be done by by you and your crew uh, maybe pulse all work from the ground and um, have the the guys do the work and you just tell them what to cut and you know depending on how experienced they are that kind of thing um, there's a lot of options that I think we really all need to look at to be to be fair um, I have some other stuff going on. I have this podcast, which doesn't cover a lot. I have the YouTube videos, which doesn't cover a lot, but it does something. Um, you know, I have some innovation stuff going on that I'm working on as well. And all of this, you know, is in, in hopes that when I have situations like this, I can, I can continue to provide for myself and my family. And, you know, the goal always is to get back to the, the part of life where you're actually able to actively work and climb and do all that kind of stuff. The thing is, is that like for me specifically, my wife has really good insurance through her company. And even though it was fairly expensive to, to take care of all my medical bills and, and whatever they are. Um, I have a deductible and once I meet that deductible, if surgery is needed, if this is needed, if that's needed, you know, I have what I need and there we go. If you don't have that though, it becomes even more of a challenge. So, um, another way to handle some of this stuff might be talking to the hospitals and seeing if they can reduce the charge of what it is that you um, have to pay. Um, put it on a reduced payment plan. Um, you know, they have, they all, they almost always have what they consider low income uh, adjustments and things, um, reducing your bill and things like that, but you have to ask. So don't be shameful of that. Um, the Arborist community in a general rule is a tight community. And I don't want to encourage people to go and take advantage of it online, that's for sure. But usually you have people around you locally that know you pretty well and care about you. And so you can always um, just let them know what's going on. Don't, you know, I'm not saying specifically to go beg them for money. But if you let people know in the community what's going on, a lot of times they'll help you out. Um, I, I'd say that's last resort like with everything going on that I have I, I don't I'm not asking for extra help I'm, I'm good with what I've got but there are situations where it becomes more extreme um, so the the baseline of it is is that for all of us we need to be preparing for the worst case scenarios of what's going to happen if we have a major incident that keeps us out of work for some period of time. And I think it's something that we might have passively go through our minds and then we kind of shake it off because we're busy having fun or doing our, our job or we want that car or we want that toy in our lives and we spend extra money on it 
And then we're like, oh, well, we can't pay. You know, I, I don't have the money to save. Well, just think about it this way. If you don't have the money to save and pay your bills, you're not going to have that toy anyway. And your your family's going to be in a way more stressed out and difficult situation. So I, I really think that we should all kind of step back, look at what priorities are. And instead of, you know, stretching ourselves too thin build in a ability to kind of save money if possible here and there um, unfortunately as a small business owner it can be a challenge some months I do well some months I don't do as great um, I just had to place an order for a bunch of re you know just wear items um, rigging rope and different things like that and it, it just what was it $589 I mean it's it's you know, and, and you think you're doing good, you haven't spent money on something in a while, and then like in a month you spend tons of money on just equipment and junk, and you're like, Arg, you feel like you've been defeated again. Um, but it's all part of being safe and getting the job done, and that's why I've, I'm constantly reevaluating the structure of my business and the pricing too. Um, you know, it's got to be it's got to be taken from everything. We have to be reasonable. I can't go and charge three thousand dollars a day for my crew and expect people to pay that. As a general rule, that's just a bit extreme. Um, the the amount of work my crew gets done versus the amount of money that I would charge per day isn't equating to a a average of reason. Um, but I, I did decide that I needed to up my prices a bit and I have been and it's been working out better for me but it's a slow progress and and of course I took on a new guy he's a young guy he has very little experience but he's going to continue to progress into somebody I feel that is valuable for the company safety conscious and productive and things but a lot of the jobs I have right now I didn't bid with a third guy on the crew so that's been a, a challenge that I'm overcoming. And then I have expenses and then I, you know, equipment expenses or material expenses, whatever you want to call them, rope and, and stuff. And then I have, you know, unexpected medical bills on top of that. Um, so it, it does, you know, as an independent, it, it can catch up with you uh, unexpectedly. So it made me think about this podcast even more so. And that's why I'm coming to you guys. Um, it's, it's not so much a telling you what to do or what I think you should do. It's more of a, a kind of a plea for your family to, to say, think about it. Um, don't let it pass by too much because you gotta, you gotta plan for this stuff. It, it's so frequent. Uh, um, somebody on Facebook just fell out of a tree. They had to have their back, uh, had to have back surgery. They've been out like nine weeks and they've got another three weeks or four weeks before they, are rehabilitated to the point to where they can probably do groundy work or something. It's, it's significant, right? So, so don't take it lightly and, um, let me know. I'd like to know what you guys are doing to plan what, what kind of steps you're taking and what you think is a good option. Um, I might be able to implement it in my own personal, uh, situations for the future as well. So I'm always interested in that. And also if you want, um, to, to help out other small companies, of course, that are trying to provide for them and their local community and their family as well. Um, Gap Barber Supply is definitely one of those. Um, 
they they work real hard to do that so go to gaparborsupply.com you can use tree climb at, for a 10 percent discount on theirs and they have free shipping for every order in the continental u.s and then they have free two-day shipping for all orders over a hundred dollars in the continental u.s um, if it's outside of the continental u.s definitely hit them up talk to them and see what it is that they can do for you and um, see what kind of shipping they'll do but they have extremely competitive prices and the guys are great to work with they know about the arborist community and then also check out weaver arborist they have a um, number of products that i think are really quality i love the pro cool pads for my um, spikes they are so comfortable they have the huge velcro strip on them which makes them so easily to adjust easy to adjust and put on take off and they keep my shins way cooler than any other pads that I've tried using. So um, they, and they're available for various shanks. You can get them for Buckingham shanks and various other ones as well. So go check those out. And I'm glad to have you guys stop by and check out this episode. Please don't forget to let me know what you thought of it. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, I'd like to hear it. And please, by all means, be safe out there and I'll see you in the next one.